Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters on The Money Show. Well, he is the king of cars, I'll have you know. He has been with the car maker Toyota since 1993, filling various uh, positions since then uh, as he made his way up the ladder. He is now the CEO of Toyota in Africa. Uh, warm welcome uh, to my shapeshifter this evening and a top business leader, Dr. Johan Fensel. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you very much, Nikki. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So, so, I mean, let's start with your interest in this particular sector and in cars. I mean, was it a boyish interest in cars? I'm sure people ask you that all the time. Or did it immediately strike you as a vital sector to get involved in? I think originally, you know, when when I was a little boy, my father really, I think, awoken the interest in cars and me and my elder brother and we became, uh, he taught us a lot of things about cars, how to fix them. And eventually, you know, it just became a very keen interest of mine in terms of the sector itself and the industry and the dynamic aspects of it. That's fascinated me always. And I've always been a car person. I really enjoy cars. Mm -hmm. Now, other, of course, than selling cars, you have quite a collection, I believe, of classic cars. I have some, yes. I have a few classic cars and uh, uh, I'm really fond of uh, classic cars. English sports cars, that's what I really, the style of design uh, fascinates me. And I think in the period 1950, they made cars which are really, really good to look at. Mm -hmm. They're not always the wonderful cars to drive (laughs) because they give you lots of problems, but they're very good to look at. And how many do you have in your collection? I think about 12. Wow. Wow. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you have one, um, a Toyota, that is that was once driven by Sean Connery. Tell us about that. Well, we have a two, GT2000. That's one of the cars. And then, of course, I have a S800, which was a two-seater, two-cylinder, air-cooled Toyota. We In South Africa, we didn't sell them. But into Africa, about nine was imported. Uh, it's a 1962 model through Mozambique and uh, in South Africa currently there are two which I'm aware of mine and another person has got one in Johannesburg Mm -hmm. and uh, this is a very fascinating car because it was designed on a platform and on that platform in the 60s already they made a sports car a cabriolet a pickup and uh, even a sedan Mm -hmm. I also have the sedan which is based on the same platform Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, the car itself is uh, such a unique little car mm-hmm. and the styling is quite unique. The styling has also been done by the designer was the same designer who designed the GT2000, which, of course, was the James Bond car. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, I mean, take us through your journey at, at Toyota. You have been there since 1993. Describe that for us. No, it's been, I, I think I've been very privileged to work for Toyota and I entered the motor business through the dealer side of it. I was a professor at the university. I was an academic and then I got involved uh, with uh, training programs and I was at the business school management development and that way I got involved with the, with the dealer in Potsdam and uh, Cedric von Pfeiffer and he introduced me to the retail side of the business and eventually we became partners. He taught me a lot and then from there I moved into Toyota South Africa. I was asked to join the company and I thought it was time for me to take up another challenge, and uh, that's how it started. I joined on the sales side of the business, which, of course, fortunately, I knew all the dealers at that stage, and then I progressed uh, through to the marketing director and eventually the CEO of the of Toyota South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was quite an interesting journey for me. Was, was that a tough transition coming from academia into, you know, the hurly-burly of of, of 
of business? I've always had a very keen interest in business, and but it was tough. You know, you, you come out of a different environment, uh, but fortunately I had an excellent team of people who really supported me and uh, they could carry me through through that phase. And also the, the Toyota culture was one uh, of uh, really I could live within. And then I had excellent uh, mentors. I worked with Bron Pretorius. I worked with Bert Vessels. Uh, Peter Robinson, these are people who really, really helped me a lot. And they guided me, you know, and, and that's why I think uh, for any person to really get out of a, a environment in which I was and then move into business, you need that type of guidance, you need that type of direction. And I was just privileged to work with these people and they could really give me clear direction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes also really clear direction by really making it clear that I made some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and what were those mistakes? <laughs> no, you you know you can never have an unblemished record. That's impossible. So there are some, they are some on my way that I've also made uh, pro- product decisions, uh, things where I made mistakes, and you know you must just live up to it and accept it and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have been a few. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, unfortunately with cars, you know, if you make a mistake, you live with that mistake for at least six years because <laughs> you see the model on the road every day and uh, the life cycle needs to run out before the problem will disappear. But mm-hmm. uh, fortunately from that point of view, we haven't made a lot. Uh, we've always been really close to, mm-hmm. to what the market demands. You, you mentioned the mentorship and the leadership that you got from your superiors. To what extent is that important in a corporate culture? I mean, given that you've been with this company for so long, it must have been a huge factor in them retaining you for so long. Well, I think that's critically important. And in currently, we also encourage that a lot. We Every year, we bring in a, a quantum of graduates. For instance, this year, it's 66, which we brought in on various areas of the business. And they get go through a development program for two years. And then in that phase, they also get appointed uh, mentors. And also, our senior management development program, there are mentors that support and develop the people. Because it's a big organization, if you... You, you can't just walk in and think you know everything. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to guide and direct you and, and maybe give them and share with the, you some of their experiences. Mm-hmm. And this is not a question of saying, you know, uh, we've done that, it will never work. This is more of saying, out of my experience, this is how I've experienced it. And, and, and this is the type of role uh, many of our senior people are playing in the organizations mm-hmm. to really, if you want to f- uh, really create a strong culture and a family feeling, uh, because that's what's happened in our company. We are the Toyota family or we regard ourselves as the Toyota family. Uh, that type of mentorship and the transfer of the culture and the transfer of the way we do things mm-hmm. only happens through that process. Mm. Now, Dr. Fonsell, you're currently the highest ranking executive um, within Toyota globally. That is not Japanese. How, how difficult is, is that for you to negotiate culturally? No, I've, you know, I, I'm not the only one. We are five of us mm-hmm. who are non-Japanese. Uh, you know, we we do things a specific Toyota way. We all understand that uh, Toyota way. Uh, from a cultural point of view, I've been involved with uh, Japan for many, many years. I find the culture very uh, interesting. I find it uh, fascinating. It's very uplifting. Uh, it's enriched my life to work with the uh, Japanese. I've learned so many things about respect for people and also continuous improvement. I think those are the two key things we build our business on. And over the years, uh, through that, I could be enriched and also uh, 
formulate a, a business philosophy around that, and that's what we keep on building in in Toyota. Mm-hmm. And of course, we always have a focus on on, on our customer. That's mm-hmm. uh, we, we our philosophy is built around. Uh, creating customer smiles mm-hmm. and uh, we can only do that of course if our own people are smiling mm-hmm. and uh, that's critical so mentorship in terms of that and in terms of working with a japanese culture to me has mm-hmm. always been uh, just an uplifting experience obviously it must be a, a tremendously demanding role uh, being ceo not just of, of of south africa as you used to be but now of the entire continent as well H- how do you manage that well, as I've said, I've got a good team of people and a very strong pe- team. Uh, we work together very closely. And then I've got some support people that support and help me. I believe you have six secretaries. No, six. no, no. <laughs> it's a bit of a, it's not a full-time secretary. <laughs> so what is the truth? <laughs> the truth is I basically have one in Johannesburg and one in, Dur- in Durban oh, because right. our operations are there. And then I've got support people in, in, okay. in Japan because I have some staff in Japan, in Tokyo and in Nagoya, so uh, those people also need to uh, support me, but I also go to Japan once a month a week, and uh, then of course I travel into Africa as well, so it is a very busy program, but uh, exciting and uh, challenging. Mm-hmm. And how do you get that balance right with your family? Oh, that's a difficult one. You know, fortunately, my wife uh, understands uh, the situation. I don't think she appreciates it always, but <laughs> she knows this is demanding. And she also understands business quite well. And uh, we've got an excellent uh, relationship. We've been married for more than 30 years already, 33 years. And with our children as well, uh, they know, you know, this is a demanding environment. But when I have time, I spend it with my family. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm very... Uh, uh, for instance, if I go somewhere, if I get invited to things over the weekends, my wife can't go with, maybe, maybe I won't go. Mm-hmm. And, and and on those weekends, I believe you would be likely to be found watching rugby. I love rugby, <laughs> <laughs> like all South Africans, or rugby, rugby-loving South Africans, but in general, I like sport a lot, yes. Mm. I love uh, also cycling, I just do some cycling, but I, I must, I, when I was younger, I was really active in sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's come back now to the business of Toyota itself. Um, figures coming out of, of Reuters and news coming out of Reuters of this recall of six and a half a million vehicles. Uh, I mean, how do you as a leader deal with that kind of information? Well, I think, you know, the first thing is that when something like this happens is that over time we uh, as Toyota has always said that we want to be proactive with these things. We take put our customer first. And, you know, once again, yeah, we are saying in South Africa we haven't experienced this problem, but we are proactive. And if there's such a possibility that it can happen, we fix it. And that's our approach uh, to this is immediately reaction, go out to the customer, open up, say this is what's happened. But this is how we're going to fix it. If it's a safety-critical item, of course, immediate reaction. Our customer safety is paramount. We cannot uh, uh, hide behind anything else, but uh, customer safety is the most important thing for us. So Mm -hmm. that's why we've got to be open about it and we've got to be honest about it and we must fix it. And Mm -hmm. that's our approach. And in this case, as I said, it's a proactive approach. Um, We have always built our business around uh, our customers 
and uh, we will continue uh, doing that. So the, this is the way we approach it. And, of course, the latest announcements, we will communicate now with the customers individually. How are we going to deal with it? And our shapeshift, Dr. Johan Finzel, he is uh, the CEO of uh, Toyota in Africa throughout the continent, has been with the company uh, for 19 years, and we're just trying to get to know him a little better and perhaps inspire other young people who hope to hold similar positions in, in the future. Now, you said prior to joining Toyota, you, of course, had been an academic and teaching a business. This remains a passion of yours, I believe. To what extent are you involved? No, well, I think, you know, the key to pure, uh, real empowerment is really education. Uh, through education, you empower yourself and an educated person can really open up opportunities. And, of course, that doesn't mean uh, there should not be opportunities created as well. And people, young people must take advantage of that. But I'm... Um, still passionate about it i'm still involved with the universities uh, i've been on the council of the northwest university for two terms that's i've finished with that now but i'm still involved with pretoria Stellenbosch, and also with uh, uh, northwest as an honorary professor but education to me is the key and through our toyota teach project in in toyota south africa we also very much involved with the development of primary schools in the KwaZulu-Natal area where our plants are, where, yeah. our, where our people's coming mm-hmm. from, where our biggest portion of our workforce comes from. And, you know, there's a very exciting project to, to really be involved in the total school. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, 19 schools which we, which we support and mm-hmm. develop. Uh, and, you know, you just see when, when the young people's uh, uh, come into our company after we've recruited them, how they develop. Uh, and, you know, there's also sometimes people say that the universities are not delivering mm-hmm. people of quality. Yeah. What, what kind of, of, of business graduates are we producing? Are they, are they the leaders to take us forward? You know, it's like all things, you know, you, you get graduates and graduates. And uh, I don't believe our university standards have gone backwards. I th- if I look at the universities, the standards are still good. Uh, universities will never, ever, and they should never, ever be places where people go to get uh, get skills. They, you, the universities should teach people how to think mm-hmm. and open up their horizons. And uh, we will teach them in business how to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot expect universities to give us people that can do certain things. Mm-hmm. They, they are the, the thinkers. They are the people that just take the new initiatives. So I'm a little bit against this where people say to me, but the South African universities are not delivering people who can do the job. We must do on-the-job training to get people, with, give them the skills that they can do that. That's our responsibility as business. But right. uh, we must get people out of the universities that can really so think. So practical on-the-job training, that's, that's the best way. Yeah, we, we mm. should not at universities give practical training. We should mm. at the universities open people's minds. We must create uh, them the environment in which we should start stimulating them to really think differently. That's very, very interesting. Uh, finally, Dr. Vincel, whilst we, um, before we wrap up, your forecast for the sector over the next few months? Well, I think this year, you know, last year the the market was uh, 651,000 vehicles. This year we think it will be around about uh, 630,000 vehicles being because of the some changes in the environment like the half a percent interest rate increase and also taking into account that uh, consumers' debt is still very high. Uh, but uh, still not a disaster. This mm-hmm. is still a good market. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, not what we want it to be. 
And we'll have to monitor it very, very carefully to see how the year progresses. The exchange rates are, are at the moment, uh, the rand is, I think, uh, undervalued. That might come back slightly, and if that happens, the pricing won't have to be as high as what we anticipated when we make the 630,000-unit forecast. If that happens, then the market can be slightly better, but at the moment we say about 630,000 vehicles. Other car makers have been concerned about uh, the level of strike action in the country. As Toyota, is this something that worries you? Oh, yes. You know, stability is very important to us. And um, over the years, as an industry, we have suffered a lot of strike action. But we also need to work together with our unions to find a new way of dealing with these um, these things. Uh, we are at the moment in discussions with uh, our union, NUMSA, to find a different way of doing it, to find solutions. Uh, you know, we have a three-year agreement and we have a window now to... Mm-hmm structurally change things but also look at it completely different because we can't keep on repeating the same old mistakes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when i say that it's not just uh, unions making a mistake it's also business making a mistake so we we're in the same boat we got supposed to be rowing in the same direction Mm -hmm. and we got to find the solution Uh, we can't keep on doing what we're doing currently Mm -hmm. And, and just recently we heard that nigeria of course according to the latest gdp figures of course my earlier guest would dismiss that nigeria is now uh, the biggest economy in Africa. Your prospects for growth as far as that is concerned? You know, Africa is at the verge of, 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 of really growing. It's five of the fastest growing economies in sub-Saharan Africa at the moment. I don't want to dispute the figures. All, <laughs> I, all I can say is I go there and I see how things have changed. Mm-hmm. And there's a different Africa from what Africa has been a few years ago. And there's huge opportunities. And uh, we as Africans must make absolutely sure that we can grab these opportunities develop society and that way create real prosperity for everybody and uh, Africa is the the continent which we think in future will have real growth opportunities. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. That was our shapeshifter this evening, Dr. Johan Fansel. He, of course, is the CEO of Toyota Africa.